welcome to Unsolved and Missing Podcast. I'm your host, Frank. Unsolved and Missing Podcast is a podcast that is dedicated to talking about unsolved cases as well as missing people cases. With that said, let's get into today's episode, which I will be talking about the disappearance of Amber Aias. Now, before I get into the episode, I do want to go ahead and let you know, one, forgive me for the sound quality. I am actually doing this podcast on the go, basically on my phone with time to kill. Uh, Another thing is I want you to know that this podcast, though it's new, I have had experience with true crime podcasts in the past, being that I had a podcast once called Whirlpool of the Unsolved. Now, I want to sit here and say thank you for all of you that are listening, and I hope that we can grow a community here where we can help people or help any in any way to help authorities find out unsolved cases or even missing people and stuff like that. Also, you know, th- this is definitely one of those podcast where it's informational. I'm going to try to give you the most information I possibly can after researching everything that I do and share my thoughts and theories on possible um, things that happen in certain cases or just my thoughts uh, completely on a case. Now, with that said, hopefully in the future, which what I'm aiming for is I want to be able to help people. The reason why I started this podcast And the reason why I thought about going back into doing podcasting and specifically this uh, true crime is because recently, about three days ago, I went to my local Wawa's before heading to work to grab a cup of coffee. And there was a gentleman that came up to the register while I was at the register and he was asking the employees of Wawa as well as myself whether or not we seen his sister, his sister had gone missing the day prior, hasn't reached out to anybody. Um, it was over 24 hours and it seemed weird for him and their family that she has not reached out. So when that happened, it, I realized I miss talking about these things. I miss um, just doing this and Whirlpool of the Unsolved wasn't predominantly missing people if anything it was just unsolved cases because i find that unsolved cases are crazy to think like i think it's crazy to think that cases are still unsolved till this day especially when there's so many theories and so many things put out there and i can still understand why maybe the evidence isn't sufficient maybe the evidence isn't uh completely correct whatever the case may be i could understand it's just hard and when that happened and i seen that gentleman looking for his sister it kind of hit me in a certain way because i personally have gone through my life with an unsolved case which there's a lot of theories that's gone on and maybe in one of these episodes i'll talk about it once i get more information about my personal uh situation but The reality is that sparked something in me that I was like, hey, Frank, you've done this before and you want to be able to help people. 
And there's something about just researching and kind of thinking and possibly even giving another additional theory to help authorities or anything like that. Or possibly just by talking into the microphone and you guys listening, you guys and gals listening, possibly you know something that other people don't. And you can go ahead and report that to the authorities to help a case uh, like this one. So with all that being said, I'm going to go ahead and push uh, past this. I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Once again, sorry for the audio quality. I promise it will get better. I do have equipment at home, but hence I'm at work and I just feel like if I don't start doing this now, I may never start it. So getting back to the case of Amber Aiza. Aiza's. Amber Aias was 34 years old at the time of her disappearance. Now, one thing I want to sit here and say is that it wasn't only her that had disappeared. Okay. Now, I am going to talk a little bit about her first. So, her alias, her other name was Mei Yi Wu. She was 34 years old. Like I said, at the time of her disappearance, her hair was black, brown eyes, 5'9, about 180 pounds female and she was asian and this is coming from the fbi website any website any articles that i read i will be putting it in the description of the episode that way if you want to read it yourself you definitely can so amber was last seen wearing a black shirt a black vest fitted black pants with white writing and light colored shoes so these are the details that the fbi website has it says amber Aias and her daughter, Melissa Fu, which keep in mind, I said that it wasn't only her, it was her daughter, Melissa Fu, were last seen on Friday, November 22nd, 2019 at approximately 6 p.m. at their residence located in the area of Mitchelson Drive and University Drive in Irvine, California. Now, I want to bring this up immediately just because I read an article where it kind of contradicts this in a weird way at least for me, from my understanding of it, because later on when we talk about the articles and and what happened leading into this disappearance, you'll see that in reality, in the article, it makes it seem like she was out and about before she disappeared. And her husband, which she is married, um, didn't see her. So it it was kind of weird and strange in the form that everything, uh, was, um, written or at least explained, uh, which we'll get into that shortly. Okay. Now, uh, I'm gonna continue to read this from the FBI. There are suspicious circumstances surrounding their disappearance and two people seen in the vicinity of their residence near the time of their disappearance are being sought for question. The unknown individuals are possibly associated with a black Cadillac. Keep in mind, possibly associated with a black Cadillac. Unknown model. They are described as followed. A Chinese female in her 40s, approximately 5'8", with an average build and black hair worn in a bun. The other one was a Chinese male in his 40s, approximately 5'10", weighing about 190 pounds with an average build and short black hair. Now, for her daughter, her daughter, Melissa Wu, uh, Melissa Fu, she was 13 years old at the time of this disappearance. Her hair was dark brown, 
brown eyes. Her height was 5'11", 200 pounds. She was a female and Asian as well. What she was last seen wearing was a black tracksuit. Now, keep in mind, they disappeared at the same time. People are being sought off, uh, sought after for questioning because they, they apparently there were two people. And the reason why there were two people was because of the husband. Okay. Now, clearly from what we know, it sounds like they were kidnapped, right? It, it, uh, approximately, approximately around 6 p.m. on November 22nd, 2019, they were kidnapped. Okay. So, and it's, it's weird because some articles have it where, um, Amber was actually 35. The FBI has it as 34. Um, I'm just going to go based off of what I found and what, uh, I've, I've read personally. Now keep in mind, they were of Chinese descent. Okay. So this is what was said, and I want to go ahead and pull this up because this article in uh, True, Ca- uh, True Case Files was very was very uh, intriguing. And then L.A. Times actually has it where um, there's a lot of information as well. So Cheng Zhang's is. That's the name of Amber's husband, Cheng Zhang. Okay, remember that. His 12-year-old stepdaughter, which was Melissa. Okay, so this is where I say it's weird because one says 13, the other one says 12. Zhang uh, at the time was 42 years old. Well, at least from uh, this this article, he was 42 years old. He was, he's an Uber driver, right? Now, I'll sit here and say this. This case is really strange. There's a lot of weird things that's happening. A lot of weird things that's happening. And a lot of the theories kind of go back to the husband and what that, that the, the husband possibly did something, right? And let's be realistic. In a lot of cases, we think the same way, right? Especially when it's a child, a mother, you know, a child, a wife that's gone. We kind of associate those things with the husband, possibly the 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 matrimony, the, the marriage wasn't going well. The relationship wasn't going well. And somebody snapped, whether the wife or the husband in this case, we're going to think the husband, right? So... This is what's weird. Zhang has said that he was knocked out by a stranger at his door, by a unidentified, uh, unidentifiable mist. Okay. Not only that, he cleaned blood from the carpet, and he followed the kidnappers' instruction. Now you're like, what do you mean? kidnappers instructions to cut it to cut it short Chang Zhang he opened the door apparently he heard a knock he opened the door and in two different articles one says a miss the other one said that he was knocked out unconscious whatever the case is and basically he passed out got up didn't see anybody and there was blood on the carpet 
There was blood in a few places, right? There was a note that was left. And that note basically gave them instructions. That note was not to call the police, to clean up the blood on the carpet, to not worry. And and I'm summarizing everything. You'll definitely have, like I said, the links if you want to read more into it. Um, I just kind of want to get into the basis of everything, right? So he gets the, he receives these notes. It says not to call the police, that they're going to be fine and that just to follow their instruction. One of the instructions were to clean the blood off of the carpet, uh, to basically go about his day regularly, that they'll return both Amber and her daughter, which is Melissa soon, right? So continues to do exactly what the notes um, said. Now, the crazy thing about this whole entire thing and, and this is just a weird thing. And I'm, I'm kind of skimming and I'm kind of just going through this because I feel like you have to read it to kind of get to, to the understanding of what may happen. One of the theories were Gone Girl that Amber just got up and left with her daughter. The crazy thing about the whole entire thing is, is that that may have not been the case. And me personally, after reading the case, reading the articles, reading everything that I did, it it didn't feel quite like that. If anything, I still feel as though it's probably Chang um, that possibly murdered them. And that's my honest opinion of the whole entire thing. And it's only because of everything that's given. His alibi and his reasoning was almost outlandish like everything that he said was almost outlandish and almost like scripted in a movie which in one of the articles it says it like that the crazy thing about the whole entire thing is that he follows these instructions he doesn't reach out to the police immediately not even seeing that there's blood on the on the carpet and that he's cleaning the blood of possibly his own wife and his stepdaughter, he just goes ahead and do it. And I could understand maybe you're worried that these kidnappers are going to harm both your wife and your daughter. And you're just trying to follow instructions. This isn't the only note. He was getting notes slipped from what he said. He was receiving notes that were slipped underneath the door. My whole thing is that's kind of strange Now, reading more about the case, the one thing that I did find that was consistent and I'm not trying to butcher anybody's name or anybody's appearance or anything like that. Amber has had been unfaithful to Zhang for some time and not only once. The truth is. That is a reason for someone like Zhang to do something to his wife. That that's that that alone can can put him in a very bad place. Now, the weird thing is, is that just going back to Amber real quick, she was a business owner. She had a business. It was a seafood. Uh, it was a seafood market. 
business and she had two locations, one in California, one in Nevada in Las Vegas. And um, she would basically take trips, travel to Las Vegas, uh, Nevada, just to go ahead and deliver basically fresh seafood. Now, I did some kind of digging to see how long it would take from her to get from Irving, California to Las Vegas, Nevada. And remember, this is estimated. Um, It was roughly from what I saw, and this is not using any particular address, so I kind of estimated it uh, a little bit more. It it, it told me on Google Maps it was three hours and 45 minutes, uh, the ride. So I'm thinking about roughly about four hours, depending, give or take, right? So three minutes, 45, uh, three hours, 45 minutes. So about four hours and some change possibly. Right. Another thing is, is that she was consistently traveling over there. One other thing that I noticed that spoke that they said a lot in these articles is she was broke, but she made herself seem that she had money. And I would understand that because you being a business owner, a person would automatically think that, hey, you're you're practically a cash cow. You have money, right? You, you, you have your own business. You have two locations. You're consistently moving back and forth. You have money. The reality was that she wasn't. She didn't. She didn't have money. She had been unfaithful, not only unfaithful to Zhang, which... They reconciled the first time around. The second time, I think the first time was right before they got together or they were talking. And then the second time they were actually married. She was having an affair. This brought a lot of attention. Like this, this took my attention real quick. And the reason being is because the one thing that I think about, and this is, These are just my thoughts that I'm sharing at this moment. But one thing that I think about is this is a woman that has been known to uh, talk to other people, right? Have an affair, uh, talk to other men in general. This is a woman that travels over three hours to another state consistently for her business And this is a woman that has lied about her finances. So there's some theories that believe that Amber was kidnapped uh, for a ransom, but a ransom was never requested. Uh, Some people believe that Amber was kidnapped and her daughter were kidnapped, expecting that uh, that Amber owed money or something like that. There's a few theories out there. Personally, from everything that I've read, and and, and I've read, I think it was three articles, the FBI profile. And the truth is, I really think that Zang did it. I'm I'm not saying that it's guaranteed that he did it, but it just fits. I personally believe from at least what I've read, He has an alibi, which he was knocked out. But the truth is, how do we know that? Another thing is, and this is why it's hard to sit there and say that Zhang 
was the one that actually did it because he did take a lie detector test. He did pass it. He tried to help the police. All these things. He done everything that you would expect from a husband, right? And they even followed him. They followed him for quite some time, didn't notice anything suspicious. They didn't see that he went back to where he possibly kidnapped her, uh, to where he possibly took her if he did kidnap her or where he may have laid a body if he did do something else. So I could understand why they kind of just dismissed him. The reality of this case is that it's very strange. A part of me, this is my theory. This is just my theory. A part of me feels like she was either having an affair or he had not forgiving her. And just to let you know, they weren't together for too long before they got married. They were together for, I think, a year, a year before they got married. And this this all happened in such a short period of time. And that's, I think that's what triggers me to think this way. The fact that they haven't been together for that long and then this happens. They're both originally from China. And Zhang barely knows English. And so did uh, Amber. Well, Amber knew enough, but the thing is... They both weren't originally from the States. They were both uh, originally from China. So there's a lot going on here. You get what I'm saying? And and the reason why I bring that up is because culturally, I I don't know much about Chinese culture and I'm I'm not going to act like I do. And I don't want to offend anybody. So I'm not going to act like I do. But I know culturally different countries act different ways to different situations me being Puerto Rican, me being, you know, from the Caribbean area and things like that, our culture is different than the United States culture. And even though we're part, we're we're part of the United States, right, as a territory, the reality is culturally, we're different. So that's, so I don't know how it is in the Chinese culture when somebody is being cheated on or deceived or anything like that. I don't know. And I'm not going to act like I know. But one thing that I feel may have happened was he probably didn't forgive her or he probably found out that she was doing the same thing again. If the two people that's being sought out were seen by anybody else, and this is And this is when I say seen by anybody else, because there is nothing about that other people saw these two people, at least from what I've read. This these two people are talked about because of Zhang's account. It's because he saw them. So with that being said, how do you take it? Is it serious? Were there actually two people? Do the FBI, do do the authorities, do they have video surveillance of these two people? And if they do, okay. If they do, then I believe personally in a case like that, that Zane may have hired them. 
Because Zayn was surprised, apparently from the, the articles, he was surprised to know that she had nothing. That she didn't have money the way that he expected. Even her family. They were surprised. And the thing is, they were surprised because Amber made it known to everybody that she had money. So was it money? Was it something else? To me, it, it, it was a, a, a bunch of things. I think that personally, it was either that Zhang either hired two people to make it seem like he had nothing to do with it. Or he did it all himself. The fact that he didn't even attempt to call the police, and don't get me wrong, I could understand you're scared, you don't know what to do. But my whole thing is, is the minute that you see blood on the carpet, don't your mind think of the worst possible outcome? Why is there blood on the carpet? Why? If they just kidnapped him, why is there blood? Somebody had gotten hurt. I just don't understand that. Another thing. In one of the articles, and I think it was on the true true case files. Yeah, I think it was in the true case files article where it talked that it was either that or LA Times where she was actually in the process of delivering some fresh uh, seafood, some fresh, basically, um, some fresh stuff to her other store. And I'm sorry, I'm thinking about the word. I've been up very early, but she went to deliver to her other business in Las Vegas some product, some fresh product, right? But it doesn't seem like she ever got home when she was kidnapped in that article. It doesn't seem like she got home. He, it, it, it made it seem like he assumed that she had gotten home when he was knocked out or she had gotten home and he didn't know because after he got up, he looked outside and her car was parked where it normally is, where it wasn't prior because the sound of it. And one thing about me is, Anytime I read something, I really look into how it's written, whether it's truthful or not. If that's the case, if if truthfully she had delivered whatever it was and he got knocked out, didn't even notice that she was there. Where did he get knocked out at? Wouldn't she have tried to get him up? Were the kidnappers outside just waiting for her to get in? Like what would have been the case? How long was he knocked out for? These are all questions that I have personally. And what was he knocked out with? Did they actually hit him or did they actually spray a mist in his face? What was that mist? And the thing that kills me is the blood on on the, on the carpet. Now, 
like I said, he did help the authorities. He did participate in the lie detector test. He did participate in even showing them where he did dump some of the so-called evidence, right? The, the things that he threw out. But my whole thing is, is like, what if he just hired those two people to make it look like it was a kidnapping and expected that with the money that he would have gotten or the money he would have been left with, he would have paid them due to the infidelity and things like that, that she's done. My thing is that I don't want to sit here and just dismiss Zhang. I think there's enough there to kind of push a little bit harder and ask a little bit more questions. And don't get me wrong. Yes, they followed him and stuff like that. But I would assume that a person that's smart, that has no regret, no remorse, because a person that has no remorse will never show you what they're true, what they're feeling, because they have no remorse. There is no feeling there. It's dead. A person that has no remorse will continue living their lives as normal. Hey, you know, and to pass a lie detector test, there's plenty of books. There's people that actually train and practice to be able to pass those things. I'm not saying that they're 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 not worth attempting, but what I am saying is it, it, it can be a flawed system at times. I don't know what happened to Amber and Melissa. And I'm not gonna act like I know. But a part of me feels as though we can't completely dismiss Zhang. This happened in 2019. It's almost, what, five years. I think that the authorities need to look back. I don't know everything because it's an open case, so a lot of the records aren't public. And you got to think about it that way, right? So the information that I've at least gathered up and the articles that I've read and from the FBI website, which doesn't have much to run off of, it just it just feels like there can be more done, whether or not they've done it, and that's why they dismiss Zhang, or whether they're still monitoring, they're still trying to figure out uh, what happened and how Zhang would have been involved. We wouldn't know that, but hopefully they still keep that into consideration. I don't think it's a gone girl situation. I don't think that she just got up, grabbed her daughter, Melissa, and just left, right? I don't think that's the case because the FBI couldn't find any traces of her, anything that she would have used, her passport, everything would have still been at home. Everything was still at home. The, the truth of the matter is, is that if she would have just gone and disappeared there would have been some sort of trace especially with the technology that we have now the, I think the biggest thing to me is the blood on the carpet 
to me is that blood on the carpet. I don't think that they just up and kidnapped her. I think something else happened. Honestly, I don't know what happened, but I hope and pray for Amber and Melissa's family's sake that she's still alive and that the authorities find a way to find them, but if not, to help give them closure. Because honestly, this can be tough for anybody and anybody's family that's close to, to their missing family member. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and leave it here. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Once again, sorry for the audio quality. Um, I'll go ahead and put all the information, all the links down in the description if you want to read those articles yourself. This is just me giving some base information as well as my thought process. I just don't want this these episodes to leak too long because... In Whirlpool of the Unsolved, I would hit 45-minute episodes with two-parters. If that's something that you're interested in where you want a lot more information, go ahead and let me know on Spotify. Let me know that you want longer episodes with more information, and I'll take that into consideration. With that being said, thank you for listening to Unsolved and Missing. Till next time, thanks.